As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the collective cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is Friday. It is Friday. Yay, yay, yay. It's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. It's time to celebrate the week that was or commiserate the week that was. It's time to enjoy enjoy our accomplishments and realize, you know what? Maybe we achieved what we wanted to, maybe we didn't. Maybe we were off the mark, but hopefully we learned something. Uh, let me look back on my week and uh, yeah, let me tell you, let me tell you um, how my week went. You know, it's, uh, there were four, there were four uh, episodes of my show this week. They were tremendous, um, tremendous experiences for me. Um, David Drebin on Monday, Simon Bull on Tuesday, Scott A. Martin on Wednesday, 
and Lisa Copeland on Thursday. And hopefully, 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 uh, hopefully, um, I'm going to have uh, Patrick Fabian on Monday as per his booking. Uh, the man, the actor who played Howard Hamlin in Better Call Saul. I'm super excited. And uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a, a stretch for me um, to be able to be myself and do my normal show, even though I know that I have someone who is uh, certainly one of the, by, by fame standards, maybe the most famous person that's been on the show, maybe, um, you know, in different ways. Like you could say, you know, Philip Kotler or Seth Godin or, or Tom Peters are more famous, certainly from a business standpoint. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Next week, I'm going to be in Austin, Tuesday through Friday for Consensus. I'm excited about the fact that um, I, 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 not I figured out, but there's such an elegant solution to my POAP as a business card. Um, there is the ability to create what's called a kiosk. And essentially what it is is a live QR code. And now all you have to do is just show someone the QR code and they immediately will be able to um, mint your business card as a POAP. So before it was so super clunky, I, I had URLs. I had to then go and cut the URL because they were unique URLs. So I had to cut the URL and then I had to text it to someone who then had to click on it and then go through the process. And you know what? These are people that you're meeting for the first time. So, you know, in many respects, they'd be like, how do I know that this guy is not a scammer? I mean, you don't know. And so like it was an awful solution. I don't even know how many people actually ended up um, doing it or or converting it, but I like the innovation side of it. I really, really like the fact that I could um, the fact that I could actually go in and and do something that you know was different. Was different. I I think. Look, if you want to be a thought leader, then you have to be a thought doer. But also, if you want to talk a big game, you got to walk your talk. It's as simple as that. Um, and you know, I just saw the other day a, a tweet that said there are less than 10,000 uh, active wallets right now that are, um, that are trading NFTs on, a, on a, a daily basis. So let's just think about that for a second. There are less than 10,000 wallets. Now, let's be, let's be clear about something. Those 10,000 wallets do not necessarily correspond, right, to 10,000 people, do they, right? Because people have multiple wallets. People that are trading have multiple wallets. Um, And so it's very interesting. It's very, very interesting when we actually think about how small the market is. Now, look, let's... I mean, let's let's think about that for a second. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, what does that mean, right? Does it mean, is it good? Uh, is it bad? Um, what does it mean? Well, I'll tell you that it actually means that if you are one of those 10,000, you're one of the few that are left. I mean, doesn't that feel empowering? Doesn't that feel like unbelievable, incredible to know that you are i mean in in the the grander scheme of things in the grander scheme of things imagine what a pioneer you are 
imagine how early you are. In many respects, and I just posted in the cafe chat the the tweet that I was referring to, in many respects, you know, people are always fearing. Remember that quote that I that I came that not I came up with that I heard that I shared from uh, NFT Miami. It feels like we're late to a party that hasn't started already. Like imagine that, but there's this anxiety. Did I miss the boat again? Now it's a different kind of anxiety, which is like, is this a boat that just never is going to leave, or is, is this boat sunk? Is this party over? Or do you think that? Do you think that this party is over? Do you not believe in the technology? Do you not believe in the business model? Do you not believe in the potential? Do you not believe in the use cases? Do you not think you can create those use cases? What's the the Drucker quote? The best way to invent the future is to create it or something like that. There's also one which is defending the past is far riskier than creating the future. I don't know. Maybe, did I get it right? The best way to invent the future is to create it or something like that. The best way to predict the future is to create it. Something like that. So let's create it. In many respects, maybe we were a little too late. You know, if you weren't, if you weren't, good morning to Tim and to Praxim and to Jensa. Think about this for a second. Think about the fact that theoretically all of us are late. We all missed the boat because we didn't get in on board ape. We didn't get in on CryptoPunks. We didn't get in on all these cool cats and, you know, and pudgy penguins. And we didn't get in on any of them. We didn't get in on VFriends. Maybe because at the time we couldn't afford it or maybe we hadn't heard of it or maybe uh, we just weren't sure or whatever. I, I remember I remember when VFriends launched, I probably could have bought. I remember hearing Gary V. I've mentioned this. He was talking about he had an issue with gas, and I didn't even know what gas was, to be honest. And uh, I remember him spinning, and I was like, "What a what a PR spin meister!" He's like, "Well, you know, I'm glad we all learned from this because we all got to make the mistake before everyone else did, and it's a great learning curve that we get to share together." I'm like, "What a spin meister!" What a spin master Gary V is trying to like talk his way out of this gas mistake. Oh, Gary, you try to take advantage of this whole NFT craze thing and you got caught out and you embarrassed yourself because of this gas thing. Of course, remember, I didn't even know what gas was. And then I remember him talking something about, I remember hearing the word, you know, um, and he just like mentioned something about bored apes and, and crypto punks and i didn't even know what they were really i just heard of them i'm like i've been hearing about these ape things but what are they i i wonder what what the floor was back in may of 2021 was it was it may 2021 when v friends launched i think it was and so we all missed the boat all of us we missed it because we were arrogant, we were ignorant, we were broke, we were, uh, we just didn't know, we were naive, whatever. But guess what? There are less than 10,000 wallets trading actively now. I just bought a Starbucks one. I was like, you know what? 
I've lost so much money already. I've none of it's worked out. I've bought every brand. Um, for a hundred bucks, hey, I may as well just do it. And I watched and I watched and I watched and I didn't buy immediately and I bought when there were about 500 left. I was like, fine, whatever, you know. I'm buying this thing fully, fully prepared to not see any return whatsoever. I'm just like, yeah, I'm buying it because, I don't know, I I guess it's history. So why not? But here we are now. And hello to Dan, good to see you. There are now less than than 10,000 unique daily wallets that are trading NFTs. So are you one of them? I guess I am, because I just bought one, although it was through Nifty Gateway and, and whatever the case may be. So we're the people that are left. Which by definition, if you think about, if this thing makes it, imagine where you are. 10,000 out of a million. 10,000 out of 10 million. 10,000 out of 100 million. 10,000 out of a billion. You are for sure in the first 2.5%. You're an innovator. You know, I've thought about so many times. I've thought about like I see um, photographs or movies from the 50s or 60s. And I think to myself, can you imagine... Imagine just living in the 50s or 60s or 70s or whatever and somehow having the insight to buy a brownstone in New York City or, you know, invest in Google or Apple stock early. Like all these opportunities, quite frankly, even imagine real estate in Manhattan 150 years ago or whatever. And where you would be today, making those kinds of decisions. So the way I look at it is not, oh, I wish I was could go back into the past. Oh, I wish I lived in the 50s. Oh, I wish I would have been at a time when I could have done these things. I think to myself, what are those opportunities now? Instead of going back in the past, I think to myself, what if I could go into the future and look back on today? What were the things that I could have done? What were the signs? Was I paying attention? Where was the market heading? How obvious was it versus not? Some things we just can't anticipate, but other things we can. What are those signs? If we spent the time to actually think about what those signs were, then we could figure out how to how to double down. By the way, it is No Agenda Friday, which means you are all invited to the stage. It is a day when when everyone is invited. You do not have to, as you know, accept the invitation. But if you want to come and, and, and put your agenda forward, what are you thinking about? What's on your mind? It could be a question you want to ask me. It could be a comment. Praxim loves these days, I know. Um, but Praxim, maybe you can kick things off with this idea of like, you know, I mean, everyone's going crazy for Pepe right now, this this uh, this shitcoin or altcoin or whatever. And, you know, everyone's posting and going, um, well, what should I do? Should I sell? And you see like a thousand ETH or something like that. And you're hearing stories of people that put in $20 and now have a million dollars and $200 and now they've made all this money 
first of all, we don't even know if it's true. Let's that's just you know we don't know if it's been doctored or whatever. But even if it has, one of the things I've realized is every time you sell, someone's buying, and ultimately in a zero sum game, when somebody wins, that means somebody has lost. When somebody sells at the high, it means someone's bought at the high. So it's still a very imbalanced way to live. And it's a very challenging way to think about, you know, like who got wrecked at your expense. You certainly didn't set out to do that. But from a self-awareness standpoint, it's something you should bear in mind um, as well. So I've looked at the Pepe stuff and part of me thought, well, I wish I kind of like, how would I have known and could I have known? And I've seen tweets as well that have shown some very interesting activity from a small set of wallets just before everything took off. There's always going to be manipulation and there's always going to be some nefarious activity. And and I just looked at it and I thought to myself, I have no interest whatsoever in, in the Pepe story, the get rich quick story. I have no interest in... In, you know, if I if I really want to play and play the get rich quick game, I'll, I'll take a lottery ticket, a Powerball, or a or a you know or a Mega Millions. The other day, I actually asked ChatGPT to pick numbers for me. <laughs> I thought maybe it would work. It didn't. Um, but anyway, so those are some of my thoughts as well. Of course, Elon Musk was in the news for a variety of reasons. Tesla, um, disappointing earnings and. And stock fall because of you know challenges with supply chain and the blue check mark disappeared yesterday. Um, but there's also been all this you know um, uh, you know contradictions where Elon has decided to you know sponsor certain people's uh, check marks like LeBron, even though LeBron has come out saying he didn't want to pay for it. Um, and then people like Hillary Clinton have you know certain people have lost their their check marks and and so there's like you know chaos all around us but but I'll just pause there uh Praxim what's going on what's on your mind apparently nothing's on your mind so you might not be able to unmute at the moment I was so excited there for a second that we're going to hear from Praxim um but I'm sure he will be back soon so yeah, so let's. Uh, oh, also there was this launch yesterday. This this unbelievable launch um, of this spaceship that is apparently going to take people on commercial flights, can you know, civilian flights to the moon, um, and confusion in the sense that the you know the rocket ship blew up um, after five minutes. Um, but the goal, the mission was just to be able to take off, just to lift off. The goal was for the for the 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 the, the sheer weight of this ship. Um, could could they actually, with I think thirty two engines, could they actually produce enough power to get this thing off the ground? And they did, and it cleared the launch pad, and it didn't damage any equipment. Um, and there was, you know. Um, there was meant to be a separation, but the separation didn't happen, and eventually it, it blew up. And it, it's what you know; it was never meant to be used again. But apparently, he's also experimenting with reusable rockets, which is also insane, amazing technology. Um, but the bottom line is, uh, people were confused because they were like, "But the rocket ship blew up!" And initially, in initially, the headline said it basically blew up, and everyone was cheering, and he was tweeting success. And um, I thought it was a great metaphor, right? It was a metaphor um, for the fact that, you know, the 
success in failure or failure in success, how to interpret it, how to measure it. I mean, it was a real metaphor in many respects for, for life, so to speak. Um, and, oh, that's interesting. Dan said he could hear Praxim. Um, we've been having some some real challenges lately, but for, for whatever reason, um, Praxim, your, your um, um, uh, icon is on mute. So let me take you off mute and see what happens. So talk, maybe. I've taken you off mute, but I still can't hear you. It's it's been very strange. Um, it's been very strange sometimes the um, the Discord people coming up. Sometimes I can hear them. Uh, sometimes I can't. Dan says he can hear him. Um, so um, and now he's gone down. So come on up again and let's see if that works. There's got to be a, a very. Uh, there's got to be a fix. Um, let me invite you back, Praxim, because I would love to hear you. And uh, but you know I, I'll keep I'll I'll. I tell you what I'll I'll tell you what I'll do is I will jump out myself. So Praxim, stay on stage. We'll do this. We tried this the other day as well, and let's see if I can if I can maybe get you to uh, get you to work. All right. So if you're listening online, here I am trying to figure out exactly why I cannot hear um, the wonderful Praxim. Um, sometimes I hear them and sometimes I don't. So if you're listening on the podcast right now, uh, just bear Dusty, with me. Can you hear me now? I can. Somebody? I can. Bueller? Bueller? No, I can. Fry? I can. Fry? I can. Praxim? Good morning. Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Let me turn up that. Can you hear me now? I can. Can you hear me? Yes, I. Uh, besides changing, I actually changed my uh, input-output device. I have one of these. Uh, we we proverbially call them the hockey pucks. It's a little disc from Logitech that I've had for years. It's a, the, my backup device. I know something's just wrong today between software and or hardware. Yeah, but me good. too. And and I just jumped out of I just uh, jumped out of Discord and came back in. Um, yeah, I was just riffing. I was riffing a little bit on. This whole idea of you know success in failure and failure in success, you know, and the fact that this thing blew up, um, but it, but it, but, and that's what people focused on because that's what we tend to focus on. And I think some people maybe thought were there people in there? Was anyone injured? Um, but you know, a, as I've learned from the whole concept of of this of sixty four miles, sixty two miles, or sixty four. Um, that clearly, you know, from from a momentum, from a power, from a from a challenge standpoint, you know, the 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 hardest um, the hardest mile, right? The the most challenging mile is the very first mile um, from from zero to one, right? From from being on Earth to being one mile into the air until eventually, it's sixty two miles, I believe, um, until eventually you get to space. Space starts at 62 miles, but eventually when you are at 59 or 60 or 61 miles, you're absolutely cruising, you're in cruise control. And so their goal was to clear the first mile, and no doubt they did that. Um, and it they was sure a... did. It was spectacular. But if you listen to their language, it's like something spectacular is going to happen or something to that extent. I'm like, did they know it was going to go kablooey? 
And I know Musk is a, f- a fan of four April 20th, right? 420. So I, I scratch my head sometimes when stuff like this happens. Well, uh, what I do know is that it wasn't meant to be used again, and it was meant to crash down. To, I mean, it was meant to. It wasn't meant to land safely, right? I mean, there was no goal. Oh, I hear that. I hear that. Uh, but I did want to comment a little bit on your NFT market. I mean, there's two two schools of thought here, and you started covering the second one, which is we. If you're buying late, you are somebody else's exit liquidity, and unfortunately, I have a somewhat negative point of view on the nft market that there's too much exit liquidity and you're the person left holding the the profile picture or the community picture and not getting a lot of value out of it because you paid at the top and did you really get what you wanted so and i i don't know if it's any better having a hundred dollar nft that goes up to a thousand and back to a hundred or fifty or if it's better to have a board ape that was 10,000 went up to uh, 500,000 and back down to 10,000. They're they're just different players. Absolutely. And look, for someone, $100 is is like life and death. And for another person, a million dollars is like the equivalent of somebody else's $100. That means nothing. I mean, like it's, 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 it's all relative. Um, It is all relative. And, you know, I, um, every, Every bet that I made was wrong um, in many respects. You know, I, I bought into v- VFriends 2. To me, that was like the ultimate rug. I, I say ultimate rug. It, it wasn't. I mean, but, but I mean, it never did anything. It just went down. It, it's yep. never had any utility. It's, I, just, I just expected. I expected something. And I don't know oh, that I... I'm with you. I'm in a masterminds group where some of the people are actually buying the former POTUS's 45 NFTs and all they're doing is they're there to flip them and they because they believe that somebody else will be their exit liquidity. It is it is cutthroat. In one hand there's community and in the other hand it's completely cutthroat. But you know, I'll tell you at at the same time, hey Dan, um um you know, it's funny cuz like like Dan's been away, been focused on other things. Dan is back. You know, I'm, I'm still, I even look at Alpha Collective um, and, and, you know, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't given up and I haven't given out and I'm, and I'm still on track and on course because not only do I believe in me, not only do I believe in Alpha Collective, I believe in the space. I believe in Web3. You know, I just I just put out a newsletter uh, yesterday, and uh, I'll find you I'll find you the link. I mean, you can actually see it. It's it's on my LinkedIn. It's on my Facebook. Um, it's it's on Twitter. Um, using actually very interesting because you know that I what I've been doing is I've been I take our collective cafes, I create transcripts through Otter.ai. I feed that in part into ChatGPT and ask ChatGPT to help me summarize into an article. Uh, I'm still playing around and and trying to learn because it's a learning experience for me. What's so interesting with uh, ChatGPT, so fascinating, is that there seems to be like a 600-word um, limit 
So if I say summarize or clean this up, because it's my own, it's my own words, right? It's my own transcript. I'm the person that was doing all the talking. So I say clean this up into a 1,200-word summary, and I still get 600 words, and which seems to be, or 450, which seems to be the have, limit. Um, have you tried asking it, that's nice, but do it in less words? Like, just give it a second chance and a second chance. Yeah, second I do. Chance. There's actually a little, a little thing that I just say, continue. And then it continues. Oh, no, no, no. You actually asked. So I, I the other day I was working. I on want some, more words. I don't want less words. Oh, th- then then you can ask it for that. Instead of cont- continue says just continue on the thought path. But if you can say resummarize and uh, make sure, you know, your target is whatever words and have it go again from Sky. Do, are you using a paid account or a free account? Paid. And okay. I'm using full. Hmm. No, but it's, but but if you have a look, I just posted the link now as um and so I've, you know, I'm playing around still, and um, and this was obviously yesterday we did the live read on Mark's chapter called uh, Secret Communities, chapter eleven, I believe. Um, this summary was completely none of it was from the live read; it was for my commentary afterwards. What is so crazy about the summary, by the way, is that. Um, the authenticity, collaboration, listening, respect, and empathy, that completely came from, from ChatGPT. That was not something that I did, like coming up with these five things. The other thing which is insane, and I left it in, was the case study that it came up with, how Nike successfully engaged with secret communities. That was not in the book. That was not the case study in the chapter. That was not something we discussed. And this completely came from ChatGPT. And I looked at it and I was like, this is completely on brand. This is exactly yeah. what we were talking about. We were talking about Fortnite. Um, yeah, I was like, this is power. But the actual reason I shared this with you is, was that little strategic conversation we had where in many respects, the things that I actually mentioned yesterday were significantly better than what, ChatGPT summarized it as. But it all comes down to understanding the evolution between or or from one to two to three. Because if you understand that, then you understand everything. And that is the continuous, you know, these are the waves, you know, that keep on crashing, you know, on the shore. The waves that actually Scott uh, Martin has built into Groundswell and his new book. What a great conversation, which, um, you know, I can give you the link to to that conversation because it's, <clears throat> it's an unlisted URL. But when you understand the natural flow, the ebb and the flow of waves, you know, the, of nature and how that kind of comes into play, it was very, very powerful stuff. But But the point that I was making was, you know, as my wife would say, stop whining. I sound like I'm whining at the moment. Uh, the point that I was making was that, you know, in, in oh, Praxima to drop, in Web 1, right? In Web 1, the brands were the landlord, right? Come to, log on to our website, come to our home. Even a store, right? The brand was the landlord. Consumer, uh, at best, was a tenant. A paying tenant, make no mistake. In Web 2, the platforms became the landlord and the brands became the tenant. 
And I guess the consumers were being sublet. So it was a subleasing going on. So the consumer was even one more step removed. But in Web3, in a way, uh, the other analogy I was using in a footballing analogy or a, or a sport analogy is brands were on home turf in Web 1.0. They were on away turf in Web 2.0. And now the games are being played on neutral grounds. So going back to the analogy of Web 3, now the consumer is essentially the landlord. They're their own landlord, but also the community kind of self-governs and the community shares real estate or ownership rights. And when you actually understand that, you're like, this is not a gimmick. This is not a JPEG of an ape. This is not uh, a, well, we, you know, I mean, one of the most... um, on Wednesday, that, that conversation, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release that on LinkedIn. I've done that summary as well. The whole idea of, um, you know, going back to Frank Degods. We tried some shit, um, you know, we, what, what's the actual, the actual uh, uh, copy? Um, we, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell it to you because it's, it was such a strong session. We tried some shit, we learned some shit, now we're trying some new shit right? The Forrest Gump analogy of just being able to do stuff and then one day just saying, okay, let's stop. It's time for something else. You know, we, that, that conversation was so powerful. Um, but in it was this, this essence of experimentation, but not the one and done. You see what the brands do and they do so badly and they don't get is they're all into the one and done. Experimentation for them is is staccato. It's not continuous. It's not completely fluid. It's not part of their DNA. It's a tactic as opposed to a strategy. And if it's a strategy, it's not part of this organizational DNA and ultimately cultural um, ethos that powers the corporation. And when you are there, where you try some shit and then you try some other shit and then you kind of learn what works and what doesn't. And if it works, you do it again. And if it works again, because sometimes you can try something, you know, they say once, as I've said the other day, once is woody, twice is shitty. So maybe it works the first three times, but the fourth it doesn't. So now you've got to try some other shit. And maybe the shit that you tried before now suddenly does work. Oh, well, that's interesting. That's one way I've looked at Alpha Collective. I've looked at it and saying, well, you know, had I launched a year ago when I wanted to, I mean, we'd be a year into it, and what would we have learned? I don't know. We would have been just on the back foot the whole time defending ourselves, worrying about, and I've mentioned this many times, SBF and the bear market and crypto winter and, you know. I feel like it's a different time now. It's a different place. I I went into, um, this is another thing that where, where ChatGPT has just been phenomenal. Um, 
in terms of being able to go out there and um, and like do some research. Like the research is amazing when you can just come in and and like just get this like massive fast track. So, for example, um, I said, please, and, and and by the way, there there is a a po app which I'll release. The uh, let me tell you what the uh, what the code is, just so you know, in case you have to drop off. Uh, it's TGIF capitals TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Just for for TGIF, and that will be available from eight fifty nine to nine twenty nine this morning. Uh, today's po app. Uh, Dan, you missed yesterday's POAP, uh, where you would have actually, it's a, it was a magic POAP on 420, which means if you and I met up IRL in a city or country where uh, marijuana, were, uh, THC was legal, we would have a gummy together uh, if, if that was something that you were open to. Um, and uh, if you have that POAP, there will be more like it. Um, so I went to... Um, chat GPT and I said uh, please prepare a bulleted list of talking points, proof points and use cases to support the thesis that real growth and innovation comes from periods of tremendous volatility uncertainty and disruption for example during the last economic recession some of the most incredibly innovative companies were conceived and born, list them so the proof points were the Great Depression and, burnt and birth of iconic companies like Disney, HP, Procter & Gamble, uh, 2008 global financial crisis and the rise of the sharing economy, Airbnb, Uber, uh, COVID-19 pandemic and accelerated digital transformation across industries, research indicating a higher rate of innovation during recessions, and then the final one was examples of historic inventions during times of crisis like the internet or penicillin. The use cases were Airbnb, 2008, founded during the recession, capitalized on the need for affordable accommodations and transformed the travel industry. Second was Uber, 2009, developed in response to the economic crisis, revolutionized urban transportation and created the gig economy. Third was Slack, 2009, born during the financial crisis as a tool for better team communication, now widely adopted for remote work and collaboration. Fourth was Square, 2009, started during the recession, democratized payment processing and made it accessible to small businesses. And uh, finally, Zoom, 2011, founded amidst economic uncertainty, became an essential tool for remote communication during COVID-19. Now, then I I tried something else, you know, tried some shit, I tried some other shit. Um, I, I did another one and I said, what is a, a metaphor or analogy of the contradiction of life? Um, in other words, in order for something to live, something must die, or something that is born out of incredible chaos or turmoil, kind of like the idea of lemons into lemonade, or you can't have a rainbow without rain. What, what I'm looking for is two to three examples of this. Perhaps another idea could be the idea of a diamond being created from tremendous pressure. By the way, you'll notice how I brief ChatGPT. Um, I feel like I'm I'm putting I'm putting you know enough into it um, to be able to get, it's like as opposed to garbage in garbage out. Um, so it came up with three examples. Uh, one was the phoenix rising from the ashes. In mythology, the phoenix is a bird that cyclically regenerates regenerates or is born again after it dies, 
It symbolizes renewal, transformation, and resilience in the face of adversity or destruction. The phoenix rising from the ashes illustrates the concept that life can emerge from seemingly insurmountable challenges. Number two is forest fires and new growth. Forest fires, though initially destructive, can be vital for the health and renewal of an ecosystem. Fire clears away dead and decaying plant matter, making room for new growth and returns nutrients to the soil. This process demonstrates the idea that life and growth can emerge from destruction and chaos. And thirdly, pruning a plant for healthy growth. Pruning, the act of cutting back branches, leaves or stems, might seem harmful or destructive to a plant. However, proper pruning promotes better air circulation, removes dead or diseased growth, and encourages the plant to produce more flowers or fruit. This analogy embodies the concept that sometimes things need to be removed or cut away in order to encourage growth and vitality. So for me, those are like, I mean, this is some of the stuff that, that has come out of, uh, of my unique prompts to chat GPT and, um, and, and, and are fueling where I feel we're heading, right? So um, when we launch Alpha Collective, Dan, a little bit of, in case you didn't know, May 10th, New York City, invitations go out, uh, if not yesterday or today, on Monday uh, from Deloitte. Deloitte are sponsoring uh, the event, um, and it's going to be at their space in, in New York City. Um, and, and then we'll send out to our list, obviously, all our members, first and foremost, VIP members, uh, no doubt. Um, but, um, but the message initially, the theme was going to be, you know, dot com called, they want their bubble back. So in other words, this is deja vu all over again. We've seen this before. We kind of know what happens. This is not new. This is, you know, in fact, we even had the same Super Bowl. How do you know, like you're in a bubble, you you have a Super Bowl where all the dot coms and the pets dot coms dominate, just like we had the FTXs. You know, and 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 the crypto dot coms, etc., and the Coinbase is all dominating, uh, and then the Phoenix rises from the ashes. But now I almost see that's part one of the narrative. Part two is this idea of, you know, the people that remain are the builders. We are the builders. We are the survivors. We are the innovators. Um, we are in the right place at the right time. Now, what's important though is that we're not, you know, dead wood from two years ago. That we're not still plodding along and stubbornly continuing because we won't accept defeat. That's that's the, you know, I had an amazing conversation with Scott on that. How do you know when a community is dead? How do you know? How do you know when it's time to give up? It is, it's such an interesting conversation. Here, here is the link, by the way, if you want to watch the, uh, the, the Scott Martin interview, um, a little sneak peek before it goes live. I just put that into the, oh, I already did that. My bad. It's right there. Um, yeah, go, so go watch it. But I'll tell you what I will do, if you like, is I'll give you the show notes. How about that? A little bit of extra for you. I also love the fact, by the way, 
that even you know even with all the delays and 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 an alpha collective not launching when i wanted it to launch is that in many respects the collective cafe has probably has probably been more value than any other similar type of solution in terms of being here every day and being able to present this kind of ongoing narrative and it's not stopping anytime soon um so those are my show notes and wow there was so much um we spoke about shortcuts we spoke about turnarounds um you know um we spoke about this concept of mistakes that was a huge one um the like it's a it's almost like a, a golden question it's a an amazing litmus test that basically you know it's it's like are you a brand that punishes mistakes or forgives mistakes and there was a whole conversation about like apple for example you know apple will will always forgive the mistake oh i bought this app by mistake no problem here's your money back they give the benefit of the doubt to their consumer or what Apple will do is is if um, there's an upgrade or something like that and they've like doubled their iCloud storage, they'll be like, well, we've doubled the storage. Um, we've halved, I'm making it up, we've halved the cost. So we're going to actually give you back some of the money now because, because we've halved the cost. So they don't, what they don't do also is they don't punish the existing customers and reward their new customers. So it, it's a it's a beautiful analogy. This idea of mistakes, um, yeah. So it was an amazing conversation. But yeah, how do you know when when something is dead? And there are two schools of thought. One, as I mentioned, was someone had said on my show, "It's only over when you say it's over." So it's this idea of saying, like, you know, it's not over till it's over, right? To use the uh, to use the yogi bearism. But the other one is being able to actually realistically be able to call time a death. The other thing that's interesting, and it's the Forrest Gump approach, which we discussed earlier this week, is sometimes you just stop and say, well, okay, it's time to, time to do something different. We tried some shit. We learned some shit. Now we're trying some new shit. So kind of like impacted and affected by this whole conversation we had on Wednesday. Just such an amazing conversation. It's that Forrest Gump approach that fascinates me the most. That it's not necessarily about success or failure. It's just about the opportunity cost of time. That actually says if you take ego and status and pride and all that out and strip it all away, you can you have a choice. Everything is a choice. How do you choose to spend your time? I choose to spend eight to nine every morning in the collective cafe. The last two days or even three days, um, you know, sometimes Bez is here like first thing in the morning, like with me. But for the last, um, like, two or three sessions, I've, the first three or four minutes has just been me. And, and part of, like, my thinking is, is, but there's no one here. Should I just stop? And part of it is, no, this is a podcast as well. So, you know, I did, 
over 200, 300 episodes of my own podcast where it was just me in the room. I know how to do this. I know how to talk and talk to the person that is eventually listening to what I'm saying. I know about the long tail, so I just keep going. And then everyone comes in and pops in and and drops by, which is really what a cafe is meant to be. Also recognizing the dynamism of the product. Because if it is a virtual coffee shop, it's not a meeting. There's no start time and end time. I mean, I start at a certain time. I, I, jo- you know, I come into the coffee shop at a certain time and I leave at a certain time. But people that come and hang out, they come when it suits them and they leave when it suits them. And the formality and the informality and who am I talking to and, you know, and when are they listening and, and, and live versus there's different dynamics completely. So anyway, it's, it's 8.49. We have 11 minutes left. The, the spirit of No Agenda Friday is that I don't talk all the time. So does anyone, Bez, do you want to come up? And Dan, I don't know if you can talk, um, but love to hear some thoughts. What's on your mind? How was your week? Um, what, what are you doing this weekend? What are you doing next week? What does success look like? Um, what's going on in the news? I can, uh, I can, do you want a topic? Should we end early? You know that I can keep talking and I will keep talking. But yeah, it's been, it's, it's, it's been an eventful week, I must say. And uh, also, you know, week in which case my, my, uh, you know, my friend Nick Johnson passed away. That was very difficult. Still kind of coming to terms with that. Um, 55 years old. Um, oh, Bez is saying he can hear Dan. Same thing is happening with you, Dan, where it says where it says um, that you're muted. I don't know. Let okay. me. Do- I'll go down and then come no, no, back. No, no, I can hear you. You were on mute. No, no, I heard him. That was so weird. I don't know what's going on. I'll tell you one thing as well as we wait for him to come back is, Dan, I actually could hear you. Come back up. Dan? Okay. Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah, I can. I don't know what was. You were actually on mute on my Discord, and then I unmuted you, and then I could hear you. But yet Bez could hear. I don't know. It oh, makes no sense. Crazy. How are you doing, my friend? It's been a while. It, it has been. I, uh, um, I've been working on... You know, I've been writing a, a newsletter on some investing in, in green, um, clean energy companies for a couple of years. And I decided to kind of upgrade that a little bit. And my best time to work is generally this this time frame. I've got about an hour and a half <laughs> where I, I wake up before my wife does, before I get her up. And it's the, the time where I can uh, sit down and do some writing and, and uh look at charts and do some research. So I, um, I elected to kind of stop listening to podcasts and, uh, during this time and, and stop uh, uh, attending these kind of um, events uh, just so I could uh, get, get some work done. And, and so uh, tomorrow is Earth Day and kind of uh, launching what's called uh, Green Edge Portfolios. So it's just a kind of enhanced newsletter and um 
I'm on the, the Foul app, which is uh, going to go live next week, where people can actually foul my trades in trying to uh, decarbonize your investment portfolio. So that's what I've been working on. And uh, I really kind of backed away from Web3 a little bit just because, uh, you know, <laughs> sunk a lot of money and a lot of time into it and, and uh, kind of decided to uh, uh, pull back and work on some stuff I, I thought would uh, deliver some value to people. So that's what I've been working on. Well, listen, it's, it, it's amazing. Congratulations. And when it all launches, please come and share it here. Um, you know, what, what's, what's been great about these sessions is that we don't always, we don't always take a Web3 ultra focus. I mean, what we've been doing is, um, you know, we, we almost, uh, um, I, th- I think Bez has been an inspiration for a lot of the innovation here, our editorial calendar, um, our turning this into a podcast, which has been amazing, and also using otter.ai to to create dynamic show notes, which makes it so much easier. Generally, I have the show um, already published within 40 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes of the show ending. Um, nice. Monday, we do Manifestation Monday. Friday is No Agenda Friday. Um, Tuesday is Thought Leadership Tuesday. Wednesday is Wellness Wednesday, where we've actually had like some really amazing conversations about mental health and wellness and perspective and just leadership and just really like focusing on the people. And then Thursday we do live book reads. So, you know, we've done super bosses um, by Sidney Finkelstein. Um, We've done, we did my book for one month. Um, We're doing uh, Mark Schaefer's book, belonging to the brand, a Praxin brought in, turn the ship around. Uh, Next month we're going to do Scott Martin's book, groundswell, and um and then and it's so it's it's been the content has been fantastic within here um but yeah i mean listen i i uh i was like starting to go through like like my coinbase and not my coinbase but like you know metamask <laughs> and everything and it's like it, it's 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 you know i think maybe the closest i've coming to being clinically depressed was <laughs> this is the first time i've opened up open sea in probably a month um and i'm just kind of going through it looks it looks just like a graveyard (laughs) kind of depressing but um well i've kind of written it off and gotten used to uh, a zero value you, you know the funny the funny thing of course is that um when all of these nfts are sold um from a tax standpoint that's gonna that that can be quite beneficial, right? Because of the losses, um, yeah. you know, and and so that's an that's an interesting that's an interesting angle. I mean, it's not perfect, but clearly, um, but it's you know that's one interesting. The other thing is there are some communities that may very well come back, or maybe they just never went away. Um, but those communities generally um, will always come back to under to the founder. And uh, or or the community because there are good founders and bad founders. That's the first point, and the second thing is, um, you know, just kind of where the community takes over. I, I tell you, like, w- what's so interesting, you know, to me when we when we look at all of this, you know, we talk about good founders and bad founders and good communities and bad communities. Um, it's um, it really still comes down to to the people. 
you know, it comes down to the people and it comes down to who's left. You know, one of the things we actually spoke about, by the way, with Scott, and in, in you'll see in the interview, is we spoke about how do you, how do you spot a community that is dead? Um, and is, you know, one is you look at who's left, right? And I, and sorry, and I'll say, sorry, who left? Who left the community? Who got kicked out the community? Who got thrown? Like, who left the community? And then the other part is who's left in the community? <laughs> and when you look at those people, there are two types of people. There are the loyalists, the thousand true fans, and then there is, and then there's a there is a lesser group. You know the, you know because you can be you can be a good OG and a bad OG, right? Um, I, I think that would be a, a good OG would be a gog and a bad OG would be a bog, <laughs> a bog. <laughs> but like, you, you know, you've got your bad, you, you've got, you've got people that are lo- like, if you can, like ultimately really what it still comes down to, Dan, is the thousand true fan model, right? If you can find your thousand true fans and build those or your hundred true fans, what I wrote in, in Flip the Funnel is from the one, from the few comes the many, because you know how you get to a thousand true fans through a hundred true fans, and you know how you get to a hundred true fans through ten true fans, and you know how you get to ten true fans through one true fan. That is the power. That is the network effect. That is the power of of word of mouth of referrals. This is the basis of flip the funnel, and and so that's really where we need to go, and and. Can these communities be rebuilt? Yes. Can they be revived? Yes. Can they be um, brought back to life? Yes. Uh, and, not but, can we see brands start to come in and actually catalyze and energize these communities through acquisition, partnership, sponsorship, investment? And the answer is yes. Yeah, it, it, there was just so much hype and so many people who came in for that or to check it out or to win the quick the dollar. Um, and then when it kind of, uh, the hype went away, so many went away. So yeah, the, the only ones that will survive are the founders who are committed to what they, what their mission was and that they're delivering some benefit for, because a lot of these went from the 10 to a hundred to a thousand. And now they're back to 10 or nine <laughs> and they probably just need to build more slowly over time. Um, and, uh, and as a, just, a, it's a difficult road. Um, you know, I listened to every one of Fanzo's 365. Uh, well, I probably listened to 355 of his podcast, you know, uh, it's kind of when I got started and, and got introduced to you and, and bought creator coins on on uh, the, the the platform that shall not be named <laughs> and um you know a, a lot of those people are gone but everyone's got you know a handful probably of those true fans and it's gonna it's gonna take some time but uh, uh there's a lot of a lot of learnings i think and and there's some concepts in in mm-hmm. web3 that are gonna survive you mean um, you, the, the platform we call it voldemort.io is that is that the platform you're referring to <laughs> something like that um, it's worthless now but <clears throat> oh yeah i mean and, anyway. and 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 look i mean you know uh 
a lot, a lot of. Um, by the way, the. By the way, I'm I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stop the recording. We can do a little bit of a bonus uh, now. But um, the um, you've got about thirty minutes for the poem. Uh, but uh, if you are listening on on online, have a wonderful weekend. See you back on Monday. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The Boost. Steve, tell listeners what you cover on the show. The Boost is our podcast, and the tagline is conversations with people promoting mental health, and that's what it is. So it's marketers, company executives, therapists, and mental health advocates talking about what they're doing to move this industry and this important thing called mental health forward. Amazing. And where can people subscribe? I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can find us there, just uh, slash Steve Turney, or you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.